Welcome to FRC Media News for Thursday, January 16th, 2020. I'm Keith Thibault. On tonight's program, the Fall River City Council held its first meeting this week. We look at some of the items that they tackled. Concern continues to be raised by local residents around the King Philip Mill development. And what effects are there for children who spend a lot of their time on their cell phones? We'll have these coming up in just a few moments. But first, let's check out the news headlines of the week. We bring in Phil Devitt, the digital news editor at the Herald News. Phil, how are you? I'm doing fine, Keith. Good to be with you. Thank you. Good. Good to see you again. Uh, let's get right to the City Council. We, we teased it a little bit at the beginning of the show. City Council held its uh, first meeting of uh, the new session and of the new year uh, this past Tuesday. And right off the bat, during their finance committee uh, hearing where they have a public input, there was a resident's they're very concerned uh, about the traffic patterns and parking situations around the Northeast Alternative Site, the marijuana dispensary in the far south end. And it looks like there's no easy uh, resolution at this point. Oh, and that's what's so frustrating to particularly the residents of uh, this neighborhood uh, surrounding Northeast Alternatives on the uh, Tiverton border off William S. Canning Boulevard. Uh, you know, we're no stranger to this, uh, these uh, sort of complaint stories about Northeast Alternatives. Residents have been complaining for months and months, uh, just about, you know, pretty much since this dispensary opened last year. Uh, as the only recreational marijuana dispensary in Fall River, it's been a busy place which means a lot of traffic in the neighborhood. Um, but there are complaints about uh, property damage as well. Uh, neighbors complaining about odors emanating from the business. Uh, so there is a multi-layered complaint happening here. And uh, they've gone before various boards, um, now going before the city council to see if anything can be done. Uh, on the council's end, uh, the council took no action on, um, on Tuesday after hearing from um, residents um, just kind of took in the complaints again, uh, let people, you know, register their feedback. But one possible solution to come out of this uh, could be something as simple as a traffic light, just to sort of regulate uh, the flow of traffic in and out of the parking lot and the uh, side road that people have to use, which is also a residential use, uh, a residential street. Um, now, as far as that traffic light goes, funding could be an issue. So there's right. some talk about it coming, but it could be a while. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look like anytime soon anybody's going to be able to wave a magic wand and, and have this uh, whole thing fixed and everything be hunky-dory. But it would be nice to see a solution at some point soon. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so much traffic going in and out, you know, people coming from, from Tiverton, people coming from, uh, you know, there's been lines right up uh, to Route 24, the off-ramps there on Route 24, uh, people looking to get into that, uh, to, to that business. Um, that, you know, there's, there's no easy answer. And one... One item that was brought up, which was sort of interesting, is the fact that um, forcing customers that leave the parking lot to take a, a right, and then if you go to take a right onto, um, you end up coming to Stafford Road, um, and that ends up being in Rhode Island. And the concern there is that yeah. it is illegal to uh, purchase marijuana or have marijuana products if you're in Rhode Island. So that was the, uh, the concern of people, where if they took a right, they can actually go up there, turn around. Uh, there's, a, there's a roundabout up there. Uh, turn around and head back mm -hmm. up or go down Stafford Road and get back to, into the city. But the concern was the fact that the state of Rhode Island, uh, marijuana uh, residential, or recreational rather, marijuana is not legal in Rhode Island. It could be an issue. 
And if you're a police department, say, in Tiverton, yeah. Rhode Island, who knows? You know, maybe someone would be waiting for someone entering their state. So that was, that was a, it's, it's very difficult, uh, mainly based on not only where they're situated in terms of uh, the, the uh, lack of parking, but also where they are physically in the city so close to the state line. It's a tough location. And, you know, you think, um, you know, taking a right would solve a lot of the, the problem, but you have that Rhode Island issue. Uh, and it's very difficult to take a left onto William S. Canning Boulevard That's on a busy right. afternoon from that lot. So you get you get extra backup there in addition to the backup you would get normally from it just being a popular place to visit. Right. So, so. that that's that's the problem. Everyone wants to go left, but because there are people trying to get into the parking lot uh, and the lack of parking. So, again, we'll continue to follow as uh, both the uh, city council and I believe the issue was officially referred to the mayor's office. Uh, see what the mayor has to say about uh, alleviating um, issues in, in that area. Also, the city council uh, on Tuesday voted to approve the appointment of Alan Rumsey as the new corporation counsel for the city of Fall River. We talked last week briefly about Mr. Rumsey. We don't know too much about him, but what we do know is that the city council, even though they approved his appointment by a five to three vote, the vote was split. It was, yeah. You know, it, it wasn't a complete ringing endorsement for um, Mr. Rumsey. Uh, we should note that Councillor Leo Pelletier was not present um, uh, to vote, so this was a 5-3 vote. Um, among the councillors uh, voting against um, Mr. Rumsey's appointment uh, was Sean Kadim, who's uh, um, back on the council this year. Uh, Kadim basically arguing that um, Rumsey lacks the kind of municipal law experience he'd like to see the person who inhabits this role uh, have. Um, but uh, ultimately, more counselors in favor, um, including um, Pamela Liberty LeBeau, who, who gave um, uh, Mr. Rumsey some glowing reviews. Uh, and just an interesting note, he'll be making $120,000 a year as the city's corporation council. Mm -hmm. And that's $10,000 more than uh, his predecessor, uh, Joe Macy, the, uh, who's a retired judge. Mm -hmm. So that, that's interesting to yeah. know that he makes a little more. And it was interesting to see that um, at this first meeting in this issue and others that the three uh, new counselors, uh, Michelle Dion, Trot Lee, and mm -hmm. Christopher Peckham, all were not, uh, not afraid to share their opinions on this issue and others. So. Uh, that's good to see with uh, Trotley yeah. voting, uh, one of the three voting uh, against the appointment. Absolutely, yeah. You know, what you have here, I think, are, are counselors who, even though they're new to uh, the team, are not afraid to express themselves, uh, not afraid to, um, you know, uh, weigh in. Uh, and I think that uh, that's a good thing. You want people who are going to voice uh, their opinions and hopefully the opinions of their constituents uh, on this board and not be afraid to speak up. So, yeah. uh, you know, this is the first meeting, first big meeting of the year. It'll be interesting to see the dynamics of this council as we uh, go forward and how they all work together, hopefully work together. All right. And speaking of uh, new New Year's and, and things that are new um, with changing <clears throat> in, in administrations, there's also uh, a turnover of sorts on some of the city commissions and boards and uh, uh, Joe mm -hmm. Good had an article this week about the Redevelopment Authority, which has been the new, in the news quite a bit in terms of helping with economic development. Well, it looks like that they only have one active member on that board that is currently serving. The other members either mm -hmm. has stepped down. Uh, Michelle Dion, City Councilor Dion, uh, stepped down after her election uh, as a city councilor. And others have, have not been either reappointed or asked to be appointed. So. The RDA right now really can't conduct any business. 
That's correct, Keith. Uh, I, I believe in Joe's report, she notes that the only uh, remaining member from the previous iteration of the RDA uh, is Lorianne Taylor-Branco. Mm -hmm. This week is a critical one for um, the Redevelopment Authority. Uh, the mayor uh, telling us that you know he plans to devote some serious attention to this, get the board filled up as soon as he can. Of course, um, the city is not the only one making picks for this. Yeah. There's also um, a governor pick. Uh, and, you know, the, the, I mean, the, the reason for, you know, uh, putting some speed on this is, uh, is because anybody who's been paying attention in the city lately knows uh, the RDA uh, has some serious business in front of it, in including, um, you know, work with the, the city pier, which was a big story uh, in Fall River last year will, and will remain so this year. And um, urban, uh, you know, development growth in general in the city. Um, you know, this is a, a, a pivotal moment where we're looking at the waterfront. We're also looking at developments popping up in the north end. Um, and so uh, the, this redevelopment authority is not one that's just going to be, you know, kind of strumming its fingers on the table. There, there's work to do. So yeah. we want to get those slots filled with the appropriate people. Right. So that's part of a transition with a new uh, administration. Some of these uh, positions on boards and committees have to be filled. Uh, finally this week, Phil, yeah. uh, unfortunately we had a sort of a uh, difficult weekend for uh, fires in the city of Fall River. There was a mill off Bedford Street. Uh, that caught fire. A firefighter is doing a fantastic job knocking that down before it became a problem, as well as a couple of house fires. Fourth uh, Street uh, comes to mind, and it looks like on at least a couple of these cases that uh, both uh, fires at the mill and one on Fourth Street could have actually been set. Yeah, um, you know, particularly with Fourth Street, we, we talked to um, fire investigators earlier this week. Um, they say uh, they've ruled out pretty much everything but arson at this point right. when we last spoke to the fire department they said they didn't know who did it but they um, had identified a point of origin with no ignition source um, which led them to um, conclude that it was intentionally set um, we should note also there were minor burns to three firefighters in that fire five tenants were displaced from the home mm. um, and uh, a five thousand dollar reward is um, being offered to anybody who has information about how that fire was set um, and then, of course, on Monday morning, the early hours of Monday morning, you had uh, two fires practically at the same time, keeping the Fall River Fire Department very busy. Um, the mill, um, uh, Stafford Mill, uh, and then uh, a home on, on Tremont Street. Um, and uh, so, uh, again, uh, I think uh, at the, the Stafford one, one firefighter was hospitalized with an ankle injury. Nice. Um, and Tremont Street fire it took them a few hours to get it under control, but thankfully no other buildings were, um, you know, uh, kind of hurt or and nobody else was hurt in the process. Yeah. You also mentioned the, you know, with the mill fire, I also noticed uh, this week, if you go to the Herald News website, there is a, uh, mm -hmm. a photo collage of the big uh, Kerr Mill fire, which happened in about this time back in 1987. I remember it well. Yeah. I was uh, a senior in college at the time, and I do remember... Uh, that big fire happening uh, that time, and um, I'm sure many of, uh, many of you watching here are old enough to remember the, uh, the Kerr Mill fire uh, back in 1987, some 30-plus you know, years ago, 30, oh, 33 years ago, actually. 33, yeah. 33 years ago. Seems like only yesterday, unfortunately, but now that's where, of course, Meditech is uh, right now, and the uh, UMass Dartmouth uh, Innovation Center is also um, in, that, in that space. Um, off of uh, Eastern Avenue. So anyway, good to see, see those That's photos right. of history 
unfortunately a disastrous history, but one, uh, one nonetheless, and it was a good uh, timing in terms of the fire this week. All right, Phil, what's coming up over the next few days? So we, we talked earlier about uh, development in the city, um, including in the north end. Uh, you know, um, Star recently purchased some property up there, People Incorporated. And now we're uh, putting together a story about the redevelopment of the Sagamore Mill property, mm-hmm. um, also up there in the Weaver Street area. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll tell people a little bit about what's coming or possible could come to that area soon. All right. Good news. Good things happening and uh, redevelopment. So it's all it's all good. All right, Phil, we'll talk next week. Take care. Sounds good. We'll have more FRC Media News right after this. Here are some job descriptions on the latest hot jobs list from the Mass Hire Fall River Career Center. Speech language pathologist assistant Futures Education is looking to hire a full-time speech-language pathologist assistant to assist a speech-language pathologist in the assessment and treatment of speech, language, voice, and fluency disorders. Job number 1305054. Cook, Stepping Stone Incorporated, located at 542 North Main Street, is looking for a full-time cook to prepare daily meals, check order deliveries, and maintain a safe and clean kitchen. Job number 1305209. Clerical worker, Gabriel Care Adult Foster Care, located at 376 South Main Street, is urgently looking for a full or part-time clerical worker, responsible for answering the phone, explaining the adult foster care program to potential clients and billing submission. Job number 1305-4815. Crunch Fitness, located at 450 William S. Canning Boulevard, is looking to fulfill the following full and part-time positions. General Manager, job number 1305-4657. Front Desk Associate, job number 1305-4780. St. Anne's Hospital, located at 795 Middle Street, is also looking to fulfill the following full and part-time positions. Registered Nurse, job number 1305-3796. Purchasing Agent, Job number 1305-4787. For more information on these or other positions, visit Mass Hire Job Quest at jobquest.dcs.eol.mass.gov or call the Mass Hire Fall River Career Center at 508-730-5000. Welcome back. Residents of the South End continue to have concerns over the delays and obstacles facing the development of the King Philip Mill site off Kilburn Street. Reverend Jim Hornsby is one of them. A couple of other issues came up. One, uh, there were neighbors, people, and others who were concerned about asbestos. I heard, some, I heard rats this morning, uh, and so forth. And that was, that's been well publicized on the, uh, heard on the radio. Uh, the other issue is there was to be a path around Cook Pond. Some of us actually worked to hew out the path. The city sold the land without a right-of-way. And so I'm in the position of hoping to meet Mr. Kafuri, and I will um, call him. Um, you know, we, if there's some way to continue the path around. The city's Conservation Commission recently toured the site with a focus on environmental elements around Cook Pond. 
uh, Reverend Hordensby opened up the that fact that he hadn't been able to walk the site and none of us had been able to walk the site. So for him, it was a major concern to be able to come out here, take a look, make sure that the activities are not contaminating the water, cooked pond. So that's what we're here for today. The owner was nice enough to allow us the opportunity to come out and take a look at it and um, schedule the meeting, which is why everybody is here right now. So Bill is going to walk us through and just give us an idea of what we're looking at. And as we're reviewing everything, just make sure everything's looking right, which the contractors doing this is a very good reputation and we're expecting everything to be on point but if it's not at this point we'll be able to say okay we want to make sure these things are taken care of but you're not so. here for the building demolition no we're, we're here because there's renovations being done near the water so 100 feet from cook pond anything that is that's being done there we're here to make sure that there's no contamination going into the water our regulation for conservation commission is within a any, any development within 100 feet of a resource area, Cook Pond is a resource area, so our, uh, or the conservation bylaw and limits are the lots that border, that will, the proposed lots that border Cook Pond. So it's how those lots will be developed. Silt fence, setbacks from the, some, from Cook Pond and those sorts of things. The subdivision drains, uh, the drainage, so the stormwater and then the ultimate drainage into Cook Pond. That's the purview of the Conservation Commission. We'll have more right after this. Thank you for considering a homeless pet today. I hope you enjoy what you're about to see, and as always, please feel free to contact the shelter before coming down to make sure that the pets you're viewing are still available for adoption. We can be reached at 508-677-9154. Today we have Timmy. Timmy is a five-year-old Padango mix. Timmy is very active. He'd love to be outside, love to go on walks, love to go hiking. He would probably excel very well at agility and maybe even scent work. Timmy would do best in a home with older children, around five and older. He can be a little timid at first, but once he warms up to you, he's very friendly. Shake. If you are an active person and you want an adventure companion, Timmy just might be the friend for you. If you want to meet Timmy, come on down to Forever Paws Animal Shelter at 300 Linwood Street and say hi. Today we have Sophie. Sophie here is a three-year-old short hair. As you can see, very pretty, very distinctive face and colors. Uh, she's, uh, she's not the super playful kind of cat. She's more of the hangout kind of cat. As far as what kinds of people or what kind, what kind of home she would be best in, um, probably I ideally uh, quiet or average like energy uh, home that kind of stuff she probably would not do well with dogs however uh, she can be particular about uh, about who she likes in in the canine world um, but as you can see she can be really sweet with people so if you'd like to meet uh, Sophie here you can come down to 300 Linwood Street in Fall River Massachusetts at Forever Paws Animal Shelter United Neighbors of Fall River held a workshop this week on the dangers of youngsters being addicted to their phones. It's a problem the organization's guest speaker says is troubling. The first of which is that what we really need right now is to reconnect to what we know to be true about child development. 
okay? We, we know that kids do their incredible learning, socially, emotionally, behavioral regulation, their cognitive development, through live interactive play when they're younger and thinking as they get older and being challenged and learning how to think critically for themselves, solve problems, etc. So I think we need to get back to that. And all of this technology has distracted parents and children alike from that. And so we're seeing an imbalance come into play. And it's really that imbalance where we see the problems. So I'm really I'm trying to get the point out there that we need to actually be more aware, doing more on the social and emotional development of our children, establishing our connection and our dialogue with them early on, making sure they have lots of opportunity to do that learning they need to do, and then that becomes a protective factor in this explosion of technology that has occurred, that has happened at such warp speed and has so many variables impacting us and making us as parents and as clinicians and providers supporting parents and kids, rendering us kind of helpless and confused and overwhelmed and not as effective. That's it for this edition of FRC Media News. You can watch FRC Media News Thursdays and Fridays at 6 p.m. and online at our website, frmedia.org. For all of us here at FRC Media News, I'm Keith Tebow. Have a great week. We'll see you next Thursday.